2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
0: Hey,
1: Hey, that's what Legends is made right now. Hey, that's my first time.
2: JJ Hamler after the Broncos somehow came back and beat the Chargers 31-30 to yesterday. That game fell into the quit paying attention to it, there's more important games category. And then all of a sudden I looked up and I saw it was 30-24. to What in the world, Chargers? Well, Chargers doing Chargers things and the Broncos end up winning the game and it's PFT Live. We're here breaking down the eighth Sunday of the 2020 season. And this is the time of the show. For those of you who join us every Monday during football season, we hand out superlative so christopher i will let you do the honors you get to go first with your initial superlative for week eight i mean i think the first one i'm gonna go with is just the the one game
3: we haven't really talked about yet i mean the one man superstar the one man ban, the i mean the cookie the cookie monster eating cookies i mean dalvin cook I don't know what the hell I want to say about it. Other than that, like one man superstar show. Okay. That's what it was. Well, I wanted to make fun of the Packers too. I I wasn't sure where I wanted to go with that. But that game itself was unbelievable yesterday. And Dalvin Cook, of course, was the star of the show. I mean, Green Bay couldn't stop him. I mean, in, in any capacity, run game, pass game, it didn't matter. You know, and defense on Green Bay, holy cow. I mean, there's issues there. I mean, they, this was why, I, we, you know, I know we've talked about it. How, how real are the Packers? I don't know. I think it's just a good team with a really great quarterback that makes us think they're Super Bowl caliber. I don't really think they're a Super Bowl caliber team. You know, but Dalvin Cook, the way he ran the ball and controlled the clock for the Vikings yesterday and everything about it that way was unbelievable. I mean, think about this game. You know, first off, there was no defense in this game. And the Packers were a team that we hold in the – I mean, it was – touchdown, Green Bay, touchdown, Minnesota, touchdown, Green Bay, touchdown, Minnesota, halftime. Minnesota gets the ball, touchdown. Green Bay gets the ball, and it's only 21-14, but they've realized there's no way we're going to stop Minnesota today. Every play is going to be 4 and 5 and 6 and 4 and 5 and 50, and they have to go for it. On 4th and 10 on the 37-yard line, Because it's 21-14. Now, I know Mason Crosby was beat up, and it's a little weird part of the field there. But that just speaks to you of what they even thought of their own defense on that day. They don't make the 4th and 10. Dalvin Cook gets the screen pass or a touchdown, and it's like game over. I mean, that that was it. So, that was an unbelievable performance by him, a guy coming off injury nonetheless. But I think I'm also equally as amazed as I was by him. I'm equally as amazedly concerned with Green Bay. And that performance, and it just shows, once again, if they can't play with a lead and make a team pass, when teams can be balanced, everybody moves the ball in Green Bay.
2: It really was amazing. It was like a tennis match, and the first right. break was going to win it. And, and uh, yeah, that that first half had four total possessions. Is that crazy? A touchdown, a touchdown, a touchdown, a touchdown, back and forth. And then the Vikings, as you said, they start the second half with a touchdown, break, serve, they're up 28-14, and that's that. And they they had to – they had to hold on at the end. Yes, and they did. It felt for a while there like there was going to be an Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary, straight up and straight down. And he got hit just as he was trying to let go of the football. Who knows what would have happened if that ball had come out because we've seen it time and again from Aaron Rodgers. We may have been talking about a 29-28 victory because you know what they did when they were down 28-14, Chris, and they scored the touchdown. They went analytics. They, they went did. too. right. I, I, I don't know how you feel about that. That one. one's not as horrible. Them, so I just that
3: one's wow, I, wow. I, yeah, I can deal with that. I can. I mean, it's not my still my, not my favorite play. The, uh, you know, but but I do understand the logic there. To at least like you go for two. If you don't make it, you're still within one score. But you do set yourself up to win the football game with that next score. I can get behind that one more than the we're up by seven and let's go up by nine and some of the other ones that are out there that I don't like. No,
2: but, but it takes a one-score game and makes it a two-score game. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I don't like the ones where, like, either way it's still – like, it, like well, wait a minute, if you go for one or you go for two, it's still a one-score game. If you get neither, it's a two-score game. Why the hell are you doing yeah, that? Right. Like, I, I don't understand those, but I understand this one, and it almost paid off. But this is about Dalvin Cook, as you said. Yes. And Dalvin Cook was phenomenal. 163 rushing yards, 63 receiving yards, four touchdowns. The first Vikings player since 1979. Coach Dungy was on the field for that game as a member of the 49ers defense when Ahmad Rashad scored four touchdowns for the Vikings. The only other time it's happened for a Viking was Chuck Foreman on a snowy day in Buffalo in 1975. I remember watching that game as a kid. Somebody hit Foreman in the eye with a snowball through his face mask. He was he was great that day he was great that year What did he do And you know th- when he got hit did he do would- anything did he do anything to, I mean that could that guy No he just you know he didn't do anything. I, yeah. th- I think he kept playing, but right. yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. I right. mean, I remember seeing like the snow in his face mask and his eye all covered up with it, but yeah. it was it was just one of those great old-school snow games, and it was a great Saturday afternoon game like the NFL used to do early afternoon Saturday games, but uh, I digress. I, I would have sworn Randy Moss had four touchdowns at one point, but he didn't. Dalvin Cook did, and when I talked to him after the game. You know, first of all, he said his groin's fine. Obviously, the groin's fine. The yeah. injuries healed three weeks later. But, you know, I, I said, when do you know you're going to have a special day like this? He said, well, every game, I think, is going to be like that. We just go out and we start playing and we see how it goes. And he said, after that first drive, he, he gets with Kennedy Polamalu, the running backs coach. He got with Rick Dennison, the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. And he started telling them what's going to work and what's not going to work. And they call the plays that he thinks are going to work. And yeah. You know that's good coaching when you're receptive to what your players are seeing out on the field, where the openings are, where the weaknesses may be, and you're willing to change up the game plan on the fly based on their input. It helps to have Dalvin Cook. It does. But but when when you know some coaches are stubborn about that, they're going to do it their way, right, Chris? They're not going to listen. They, you you I coach and you play. You let me worry about the plays that are called. When I call your number, you be ready to go. I like it when the players are empowered and encouraged to give that feedback because, you know, we talk all the time, well, are you field level? Are you sitting in the box? There's no perspective like being out there on the field. No, right. And if Cook is seeing it and he's able to communicate it in real time and they're able to adjust in real time, look at, look at what that Vikings offense can do.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's a great point. And the fact of, like, you know, you, you got to have that player that you can, you know, be in the trust tree with. Right, there's some running backs and receivers out there. They're just emotional, and they might come to the sideline and do this. But he's obviously, you know, earned their trust that way to where he's not an emotional rah-rah yell type guy, and he probably goes back and makes some legit points. And of course, he's very good, successful, talented football player. And good for them for listening to him. And he is, he is some running back man. We got some big time running backs in the NFL right now. We really do. And you, look here, look at Kirk Cousins yesterday. Man. You don't
2: need to throw the ball down no, the field, right? Average air yards one point seven nine per attempt. Wow. He completed eleven of fourteen passes. He averaged over eleven yards per attempt. In you know when you throw the yardage in that that was gained after the catch. Yes. But for the air yards, he was just basically. Th- I mean, I could throw those. Yeah, you could with my thrown right the hand to Dalvin
3: Cook and let him run fifty. Right. You know that's 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 again. One of the things I argue against a lot when people start to oh look at all this yards per completion okay well if he's you know if he's throwing the ball one yard to the flat and the guy's running twenty yards I'm not really that impressed I mean that's great and all but big win for the Vikings the Vikings I heard somebody on TV or I might have heard like Kyle Rudolph over the weekend I maybe on Pro Football Talk Mike where he's just talking about like you know it it is truly one of the better two and five teams we've seen. You, know, Are you being sarcastic? Of course you saw it on PFT. PM. Is that what I saw it? I couldn't think of where the hell yes. I saw it. I couldn't remember. I yeah, wasn't being thanks. sarcastic. I couldn't remember. But they, they, I will say it, it is a very impressive two and five team. There's
2: no doubt. You would have remembered if you didn't have to wait twenty minutes to get in the building today. That wiped your memory clean of everything. I think you saw some on other Saturday. things wiped right. my memory clean this week. <laughs> Trying to be nice. <laughs> um All right, first one for me. Maybe they need OBJ After All award. Oh. Uh, you know, it was funny last week that narrative where the Browns pushed back on the idea that the offense uh, may be better without Odo Beckham Jr. No, it won't be. Oh, well, you're right. Congratulations, Browns. You're right. The offense isn't as good without Odo Beckham Jr. Now, who knows if he would have made a difference. But, man, at a time when we thought the Browns were maybe going to start finding that gas pedal, win the games they should win. And this was the one that fell into that, I don't know, maybe they win, maybe they lose. You yeah. never know which Raiders team is going to show up. Well, it was a cold and windy and nasty day, and the team that isn't used to playing in cold, windy, and nasty showed up and got it done. Baker Mayfield did not get it done. Now, the bulk of his passing numbers last week came without Odell Beckham Jr., so that's not an apples-to-apples thing in any way, shape, or form. But you're not going to win many games when your starting quarterback has 122 passing yards and your running game isn't there either, like That's it right. usually is. And uh, you know, it was—it just felt like a lost opportunity for the Browns, even though it, it wasn't a blowout. They never felt like they were in sync. They—they they just felt like they were a half step behind the Raiders all day long, and that—that that proved itself.
3: Yeah, uh, it definitely spot. did. I, I think—I think they're one of those teams, like we just mentioned a few minutes ago, too, Mike, where it's like Cleveland. I, again they're a team I'll throw into the category of if they can't run the ball I'm not sure I trust the other elements of their offense to really p- come through uh, I I think that's still a big question mark got to give John Gruden credit you know the Raiders football team yeah there's you know they're trying to build something there they're not perfect yet but man they play tough they do play tough and Gruden has instilled some toughness as far as their run game he pounded the rock yesterday and they physically just slowly wore down that Cleveland front that uh, which was you know it's one of the great strengths of this Raiders football team they have a great offensive line you know so that was it was a big win and you're right it was just like you thought oh Cleveland's not playing good but i don't know can they maybe pull it out Jarvis Landry had a few drops you know he has that play that you know gets overturned in the end zone Hunter Renfro has that other catch that I also think hit the ground. It just wasn't a great angle to really prove it. They get the touchdown. It was a close football game, but the Raiders were the desperate team, and they came through, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here.
2: Yeah, I don't see much difference between those two, and one's a touchdown and one's not a touchdown. Right. And there, there were some interesting replay review calls yesterday, and it becomes more glaring because officiating hadn't been an issue most of the year the one but I i, I sent a text around to all the PFT writers on Saturday Where, where's the, what's the officiating controversy this year it's the Patrick Mahomes in the grass play remember that yeah, one yeah right uh, against the Patriots the, the, against the big. Patriots right uh, that, that but but if there were several yesterday and we'll be talking about some of them maybe coming up especially that weird one last night in the Cowboys Eagles game that yeah. that allowed the Eagles to cover the spread when it looked like Vinnie Curry was down with the ball but somehow Uh, That wasn't overturned on Replay Review. All right, Chris, what's your next uh, superlative? Um, I got a fever, and the only cure is Patrick Mahomes,
3: okay? I got a fever, Florio, all right? I'm going with a fever because he threw five touchdown passes,
2: right? Fever, five, fever, five. That's not not a good – that's not a good – I don't care. That's what it came. That's not a good Christopher Walken. It didn't even sound like Phil Simms. uh, Sorry.
3: That's just what I'm going with here, okay? Mahomes. My homie, your homie, my homie, your homie. Whenever he's on, we watch because he's amazing. I don't even give a crap if it's the Jets, all right? I don't give a damn. Mahomes, you know, quietly, 21 touchdown passes, one interception on the year, second in football in yards, and he's only second to Matt Ryan, who's losing every week, so has to bring his team back, right? I mean, having an MVP caliber season. I mean, it's he's the MVP of football if it isn't for one guy up in the Northwest. That's how special it was. And yesterday, like, it wasn't their best football game, but, man, did he make some plays and throws that, again, I just – it's been an hour, and we haven't talked about the best team in football and the best player in the game, and I just couldn't help it any longer. You know, the, the first touchdown pass, I believe it was, down the middle to McCole Hardman. I mean, that, that was the one I'm thinking about, right? Or no, I'm thinking of the second one, the 36-yard touchdown post down the middle, Mike. I mean, you heard me when we were watching yesterday. I
2: heard you. Oh, I, mean, I heard you. I heard you here in West Virginia. He doesn't always. I heard what you yelled yeah, out, because, a certain
3: type of missile. Yep. Uh, it was a, a piss missile is what I call it. Just to <laughs> we're, we're digital, aren't we? It doesn't matter anymore. But either way, I mean, he reared back. And he doesn't always rear back and let go for his 105-mile-per-hour <laughs> fastball and he threw a ball 48 yards down the field 5 feet off the ground and i just went i mean i was just i was drooling but I uh, just love watching him play he's amazing and it's the quietest 21 and 1 and i've ever seen out of a quarterback where nobody talks about it because literally we are got to the point with Patrick Mahomes where we expect him to throw for 40 plus to 50 t- touchdown passes and play awesome every week to where 4 16 and 5 touchdowns is really like Second hour news now in, in Mahomes' life. That's how awesome he is.
2: Yeah. And, and you made the observation too when they showed the replay in slow motion, everything was in slow motion except the football. Right. I mean, it right? just, it was, um, you couldn't even still see the football. It was still like tracers on there. It's un- oh, unreal. Oh, Matt Casey said that, not you. Oh, the hell with him. He's a Jets fan. Yeah, we well, don't want to hear well, what he has to credit. say. <laughs> uh, and here's the thing I, I'm not ready to rule out Patrick Mahomes in the MVP chase because. No. Chris, I really do believe that it's so tied to getting that one seed, and there's going to be an AFC one seed, an NFC one seed, and I think the quarterback from one of those top seeds is going to be the MVP. So, if it's Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes both with the one seed, I don't know how Ooh, that's going to play man. out. But if it's not, if it's not Wilson, right, and if it's let's say it's it's the Buccaneers are the one seed. Then you got Mahomes versus Brady. I mean, I just think the one seed is going to drive it. And if the Chiefs are the one seed, it's going to be hard to not give it to Patrick Mahomes. 21 touchdown passes, one interception so far this year. That one came against the Raiders. That was the Jeff Heath pick. That's uh, the, right. The, and, and that's 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 a game that the, the, the Chiefs should not have lost. Yeah. They should be better than a two-loss team. But they're going to keep rolling. They're going to. Ke- I think that game kind of woke them up, and they're focused now. And we're going to see them not stumble against lesser teams and continue to play well against great teams. All right, next one for me. Let's see. What do I have here? How about the "Didn't You Used to Be" Taysom Hill award? Because Taysom Hill, they're finally using the guy. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. Right. He he had. I, I got to get the numbers up here, but it's the the most he's done offensively all year. I'd still like to see more out of him. I still think he's capable of being a bigger piece of the offense, and I think the Saints are going to regret not using him more if they don't start winning these games a little more easily and start losing some games. Like I think next Sunday night, they need to go heavy on Taysom Hill. Yeah. But it's, it's good to see him finally playing the way he did in that playoff game. You know, people are like, Oh, you're, you're too high on Taysom Hill. It's like, did you not watch the Viking saints playoff game? There's a reason I'm high on Taysom Hill. He was the best player on the field that day. He had 35 rushing yards on five attempts yesterday and he had 30 yards receiving, including a 20 yard touchdown. So you know he should be in position to have more than sixty-five total yards in a game. Yep. he didn't throw a pass, which is good, I guess. But uh, he should be doing it all. They should be getting the most out of this guy. They paid him. It was good to see it yesterday. They, they, you know, they let the Bears hang around more than they should have. Yeah, I'm stunned did. the Bears scored twenty-three points, but I, I was happy to see more Taysom Hill. If you're going to pay this guy the money, you need to use
3: him. Yeah, I well, agreed. And you know they're a team that's you know a little offensively challenged as far as uh, explosive plays. You know, to where that's where I think he can really help them out a little bit. You know, again, it's just can you always ask and can you always expect your offense to go on 10 and 12 play drives and nobody rip off a big chunk of yards on a certain play? Kamara's is really the only guy that can do that. So that's why I, I mean, I'm with you. I think they need more Taysom Hill. I don't know what to think of the Saints. I really don't. You know, I just, who, what, how good are they? What, what are they? I don't know. There's things about their team. I look at them and I just go, man, I like it. Offensive line, defensive line, you know, of course breeze and they can execute on the the offensive side of the ball. The defense has moments of being dominant. I mean, as far as yards are concerned, it's a top 10 defense in football. But, I mean, every week they let up big plays. And when you're letting up big plays to Nick Foles and the Bears, that's when you know you have a problem with letting up big plays because they don't make big plays against anybody. They can't. They can't. You could take the defense off the field most weeks and they still can't make a play. So that is concerning to me. And I'll tell you the other thing that's concerning again. You know, again, Drew Brees outside. You you know the numbers will look okay yesterday. I get it. But man, the ball was not looking real peppy yesterday. And that would concern me too. Because if it's the playoffs and they gotta go Green Bay, you know, Seattle, something like that where it could just be a little nasty. You know,
2: it's just a huge disadvantage for the Saints football team that way. And they've got the game at Tampa Bay next Sunday night yeah. on NBC. Then they host the 49ers. Uh, so we're going to learn some more about the Saints in the next couple of weeks. We'll see if they get Michael Thomas back. The ankle became a hamstring. Uh, that they, they had the disciplinary issue with him a few weeks ago. They need him back on the field. They need him to be focused and determined. And, and if he comes back and, you know, we're talking about all the, the the things that Antonio Brown can do for the Buccaneers as of next week. Well, if Michael Thomas comes back, he can do even more for the Saints. So, you know, if they've gotten through this stretch without him and he's going to come back and be the guy he was last year, there's no guarantee. It feels so long ago that he was that guy. Yeah. You almost wonder, can he be that guy again? But if he can be that guy again, there's no reason to think he can't be. Then that that could be a difference for the Saints. But look, they, they have an opportunity, a huge opportunity, on Sunday night because if they complete the sweep of the Buccaneers because the Saints won back in Week 1, then then that makes it a lot harder for the Buccaneers to jump them for the division championship, Chris. Yeah, no,
3: it, it definitely does. And, you know, the way it looks right now, I mean, you know, we'll watch tonight, but we fully expect the Buccaneers to win, beat the Giants, and, you know, the, the Buccaneers just – when we talk about good football teams, they have a lot of the aspects of the things you like. I mean, there's just really not any glaring weakness or one thing that we can just you there's nothing. I mean, it really isn't. I I really I mean, what is it? What do you what is the weakness of the Buccaneers? What do you think it is? Like just off the top of your head? I know I don't even know either. I'm re, truly just going off. I don't what I mean, inexperience in the secondary maybe? I mean, that's it's, it's really about as far as I can go. I don't know if there's anything else where I go, "Oh, well, Brady's not throwing the ball downfield no check he's throwing it awesome they run the ball they pass protect they could stop the run and
2: and that was one of the questions early on the offensive line was he going to be good enough right especially if he was going to hold the ball let guys get open down the field yeah the offensive line has gotten better on the fly and I don't know what he's doing I don't know if it's his presence I don't know what it is but that team everyone is elevated. they have the guys that were questionable coming into the year are getting better, and that's just part of that championship vibe that Tom Brady carries around it with him, isn't it? It, it? it
3: definitely is. That's what a great quarterback does. We've talked about it a lot this year. You know, the great quarterback, you know, it one, gives everybody confidence in the locker room, like, hey, we, we can win every game. We can win every game. That guy's in the locker room. And then nobody wants to disappoint that guy either, so everybody raises their game. They don't want to be, uh, oh, you're the jerk that keeps messing up, huh? You're the reason we lost. Nobody wants to be that guy, so he's awesome. And then – Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich deserve a lot of credit because I believe they have really molded or got Brady to be a little bit more aggressive, and they did it in a smart way. They've really done a good job of being like, when you want to throw the ball down the field, right, no risk it, no biscuit, Bruce Arians. They have every time he does that for the most part, they basically max protect it, keep seven, eight guys in so he can go back with a clear mind and not be peeking over his shoulder or anything like that. And I think that's given him the confidence to get back there and fire again. And you can see now he's starting to fire no matter what, it, what the protection is. And that's where they're scary. And we'll see how scary they are tonight. Um, Here's a question yeah, for you. Yeah.
2: Here's a question for you before we go to your next Superl. Right. Because Bruce Aarons was talking about this last week, that he hopes that, that they win it all and both Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, will end up getting jobs elsewhere. Yeah. As head coaches. Right. What if they win it all – and Arians walks away. Right. Which of the two guys ends up taking over? I that's what I just thought of.
3: When you just said it, I just went, wait, well what if what Arians could walk away this year? This could be it for him. I I mean, I don't know. I guess if they're gonna keep Tom Brady and the thing they got going rolling, I I I, I, I wanna say Byron Leftwich. I think a lot of Todd Bowles too. He's a good defensive mind, and of course he was up here in that crap stew called the New York Jets, and it's not easy to be successful there. Um but leftwich, I feel like, is like that young, going to be that young, hot offensive of mind, Mike. To where
2: I just don't know if organizations are going to be willing to part ways with that type of guy. Yeah, that's right. Because if you make it bulls, you got leftwich one more year. Or or if you don't give it to leftwich. <clears throat> You may lose him right. if you give it to Bowles exactly. as the head coach. That's he may a- be elsewhere as a head coach right away. Right. So, uh, I don't disagree with that. All right, give me one more superlative. Uh how about yeehaw, ride that horsey. We got a horsey in the race. That's right. Yeah,
3: Indianapolis Colts. Don't forget about them. they I thought I thought you were talking about the Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill touchdown. Oh, well, you're I right. Was that saying. was some uh yee horsey too. You're right. No doubt about it. But I mean, sitting there at top of the division with the Tennessee Titans, we haven't even talked about the Colts, 5 and 2. Real good win by them yesterday. I mean, really saw it all. You know, again Philip Rivers was pretty good, played a clean football game. You know, they were able to run the ball and their defense showed some of their dominance once again. You know, and and really the defense put the game away. The game being what was it at that point? 28 to 14. Then Stafford throws the pick six, but really I want to re retalk that the defense really it was 20 to 14 caused a fumble, then made it 28-14, then got this pick six to go up 35-14. So really a well-rounded win. And the, the, even the, the Colts have been a little bit of a roller coaster this year, and they're a work in progress, a little like the Tampa Bay team we just talked about. There's still some elements of their team that are very intriguing, and we probably don't give them the credit we deserve because they have been up and down, but. I think they're going to have a say in this AFC before
2: it's all said and done, too. But that's the thing with the Colts. Once we start buying I in, know. And they, Damn. Th- then they crap the bed, as you would say, <laughs> like they did against yes. the Browns. And so then we, we pull back, and we're like, all right, we're going to wait and see. And then they start piling up wins. like, all right, we're starting to believe. So we're setting ourselves up, yep. right? They've got the Ravens this week. Yeah. I. I all right, I know. Colts, there's your chance, see. right? Prove that you really do belong and prove that those two losses that you have are aberrations. All right, let's take a break. Uh, When we return, a few leftovers, some conversations I had after yesterday's games. Plus, there was an Antonio Brown nugget over the weekend that I think is significant. I think it bolsters some of the things we've been speculating about, so I want to share that as well. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Want to make mom's day?
2: When you're not checking out PFT Live or PFT PM or Chris Sims Unbuttoned or other sports offerings on Peacock, check out Mr. Mercedes. It's a Peacock exclusive drama series based on the best selling trilogy by Stephen King. Detective Bill Hodges is coaxed out of retirement and into a thrilling chase with serial killer Mr. Mercedes. Full episodes are available now, right here on Peacock. Start streaming today. And it is indeed meant to be binged, according to the AV Club. And I always accept the recommendations of the AB club. By the way, Mr. Mercedes, excellent book. I've read the book. Wow. I'm going to watch Mr. Mercedes now. Okay. The book was good. Good. Every every Stephen every Stephen King book is good. I I th- that guy like that guy like writes a book Every week it seems. Oh, that's. What's your? Do you have you? Do you read? No, can you
3: read? I don't read. I don't read so well. Okay, I don't read so well. All right, <laughs> Nor do I. know I the
2: either. one book you read. That's right. The one right. book
3: you read was that JFK book that I ordered and I never read. Yeah, you know, JFK and the Unspeakable. Why die? Why it matter? Good read. Everybody's got to check that out. You know, I could tell you a lot about you know what happened with JFK the day he was murdered in Dallas. I certainly can. But yeah, reading is not uh, not a big part
2: of Chris Sims' life. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, then watch Mr. Mercedes I will Peacock, it's, as everyone else should. I don't should have to read well. the book. I'm all for that. All right. Last night, uh, people probably wish they were watching Mr. Mercedes instead of watching the football game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. It had a weird feel. It had like... It had like a fourth game of the preseason feel, didn't it? Like they're trying out different things and nobody seems to really care. Nobody really cares who's winning or losing. Wasn't there just a weird vibe around that
3: game? Uh, Yes. I mean, there was one team that I don't think had any belief they could win the football game and another team that was going, no, wait, here, you can win. Here, here's the ball. I, I promise you, we'll let you try to win. We'll let you win. Come on. I mean, it was unbelievable. You know, I mean, it just... It was like, you know, first off, I I guess I have to talk about Carson Wentz because that's just the first thing that comes to my mind. I mean, because I like him. You know, I I defend him, and there's not a lot of help around him. And that's certainly a part of the struggle. But damn, I mean, some of those turnovers last night, come on, Carson Wentz. I mean, you just can't – I don't care if there's no talent. You just got to sometimes take the sack, throw the ball away. I mean, the two strip sack fumbles, he was – so oblivious that there was somebody around him and about to hit him that that just can't happen. Not against a team like Dallas where you're, you're, you're not even good, but you're superior to them and you let them hang around. And really, I mean, Dallas just, they did their best to screw it up. They were given a gift and they were like, wait, we don't know how to tear paper and open up a gift. How do you take the bow off? I mean, they truly were. It was unbelievable. Um, I don't know what to say the NFC East is so crappy I've never seen it like this ever the Eagles have some inklings of being good but damn uh that just was not yeah it was not
2: a good game holy cow let let's hear from Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz talking about his not so great performance last night in a 14 point victory too many
3: turnovers I gotta be better um there, there's mistakes out there some of it. Maybe not on the same page. Some of it, I got to, you know, the first fumble, I got to throw the ball away. Um, you know, that stuff I can keep cleaning up, and you know, I, obviously it's it's stuff that uh, individually I can get better at. And um, some of these shots down the field, I mean, I'm going to keep giving these guys chances, and and you know, I can be better and put the ball in the, in the right spot. But I'm not I'm not going to change my aggressive mentality. Um, but we're going to start connecting on some of those big plays, and um, obviously it hurt us a little bit today. But the defense played great, and we got to win.
2: Look, I am not one to excessively criticize the clothing choices of quarterbacks after games, but let me just say, can we pull up a still shot of that? It looks like he was a participant in some sort of a game show where you have to run into a closet and get dressed as fast as you can uh. with just whatever clothes are nearby, and that's the end result, doesn't it? Yes, I, I don't. I don't. Am I wrong? No, you're not. All right. I don't know. It's, I
3: don't know what what look he's going for there. Hey, Chris. There. Chris, yes.
2: apparently you you can hide money.
3: Oh, he, well yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay. When he needs to stop, <laughs> he needs to start hiding the ball a little bit and stop giving it to the other team, you know? Like listen, I love his aggressiveness and yeah, they're going to need him to be aggressive. But you've talked about it for a long time and it's just to the point now where yeah, I like him and I see the top end of him, but like some of the negatives, it's, a, it's annoying, and it just keeps reoccurring to where you're annoyed with it now, where you're just like, what? How do you throw that interception against the Giants on Thursday night a few weeks ago in the end zone? And then, you know, this last night, yeah, okay, be aggressive. I understand it, but he plays too aggressive to a fault, to where it's like he has no scope of how the game is playing out or what's being done that way, and that's cost them this year, you know, in a lot of moments. So, again, he has to fix that. The Eagles are getting healthy, and man, if they could get just another receiver healthy and things like that, they, they might
2: have a say in this thing, but uh, they're just all over the place. Here's a trivia question for you, and I don't know that this officially counts as the Sunday surprise draft trivia question. It does. So, okay, A, a cool. little preview. Last night, Carson Wentz threw his 10th career interception on a ball into the end zone. That's tied for the second most since he entered the league in 2016, who has more interceptions on balls thrown in the end zone since 2016? Well, I mean the the answer you, I think, of Jameis Winston. I mean,
3: is that right?
2: That's a safe answer for anyone. Yeah. When it comes to the category of interceptions, but no, it's Philip Rivers. Oh. Philip Rivers has 11. Yeah. And Ben Roethlisberger has 10. And Roethlisberger just picked up two. Against the Titans last week. remember yeah. those? You're
3: right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, it has to be listen the Eagles they're not there's no room for error. And if they want to get healthy and maybe win a playoff game or have a say, you know, he can't continue to play that way and put his team in those positions. I mean, it's, it's again, it's just doing too much at times to where he's got to rein it in and, and play the position a little more true to form. And like we always talk about, just have a feel for the other team you're playing and where the game is at. That's how they we lost week one to Washington. You know, they get, they couldn't do anything. And he made
2: stupid mistakes there and got them start jump started. And that's why they won that game. Ben DiNucci was 21 for 40, 180 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, two lost fumbles. He'll be back on the bench, assuming that Andy Dalton is cleared for the Steelers coming to town this weekend. And it's always a special game when the Steelers and the Cowboys play, and it will still be a special game. But the Cowboys are just so bad right now. And it felt like they had a chance to win. They led for a while. I thought they were going to cover. And and let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of blowback today. Yeah, about what? On that play that allowed the Eagles to cover. See, this is one of the realities of officiating errors in an age of legalized sports betting. Even though it didn't affect the outcome of the game, that seven points scored in lightning strike fashion when there was a fumble and Vinny Curry of the Eagles was on the ground with the ball and he was clearly contacted by a Cowboys player. But did he then clearly have possession? You know, that's well, where that's where it's, it was it, dicey. This is, I, I thought he... I thought... When you apply common sense to what you see, yes, he did. And this is where the NFL can be a little hyper-technical in its requirement of clear and obvious evidence. I remember when Dean Blandino was the head of officiating. There was a play, I think it was a Bears-Seahawks game, where there was a punt that that came down. And the question was, did it touch the leg of the player on the return team, therefore making it a live ball? Right. And even though you couldn't actually see the ball touch the leg, you saw enough of a change of direction that it touched something. Blandino's explanation was we must have visual evidence. At the time, the standard was indisputable visual evidence. Same idea, just different words. We must see. We must see it with our eyes. So if you don't see the ball hit the guy, if if the angle is – the ball goes behind the leg and then jumps in a different direction. That's not enough. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I think that same mindset was applied last night because you couldn't actually see yeah. the ball in the possession, even though you know from watching football for years that Vinny Curry had that ball. Well, yeah, but this is that, where – That's why I think they made that call.
3: Well, I, I I get that. I guess this is where I, I I don't have a problem with the ball still being called loose because within that scrum – of when, yeah, he had it pinned on his right thigh and then it kind of came up into his belly, but I didn't really think he had it, like, locked away and secure. If that ball stayed in there in the scrum and Dallas came out with it, they would have gone Dallas's ball. They wouldn't have been like, oh, no, no, nope, nope. He had the ball. He recovered it. That scrum didn't happen. So that's, to me, where you have to let that go because they let those type of things go all the time. And don't give the team, it looks like he had early possession in the scrum. And then 20 guys jump in there and the other team had it. So if you're going to let it play out that way, then you need to, yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You got it.
2: Yeah, and the end result is this. They yes. were not going to re- overturn whatever the ruling no. on the field was. There wasn't right. enough evidence either way to show that a decision of possession or no possession was incorrect. All right, Sunday surprise draft when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Oh, we've got some responses to my Twitter question as to what the Steelers are to the ravens if the chiefs are kryptonite the most common is red sun because superman loses his powers chris wow under a red sun wow i did are not all, know aren't that. all Maybe. suns red though i mean i don't know so is he can't come out in the daytime i don't know I mean, our sun's not red you know our sun's is yellow Yellow. i don't care okay, have you so. been to an eye doctor lately i don't did, know have you done i don't know when you show close-up you, pictures it looks very reddish you,
3: it looks like it's on fire to me you, i don't know <laughs>
2: Are you colorblind like Vinny Testaverde? Could that explain all those interceptions? Well,
3: yellow was this color of your skin a few weeks ago on the show when you had John That's right. That's right. And yellow. green. <laughs> you know, it's
2: funny. I mean, Vinny Testaverde was indeed colorblind. He played for the Buccaneers, and they started wearing white jerseys at home because he couldn't distinguish – the Tampa yes. Bay orange jersey from the opponent's white jersey. Right. And I'm not colorblind kind of that out on the fly. My eyes are All really
3: right. damn good. And I think you could debate that the sun is somewhat reddish.
2: I do. I don't know. I don't All right. know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a scintillating conversation scintillating. and we cannot get that minute of our lives back. OK. Thank you, though, for everyone who contributed some thoughts on Twitter. There are plenty of other creative, informative and just flat out rude responses, which pretty much sums up Twitter in a nutshell. All right. Sunday surprise draft. I'm going to begin with the Bengals' offensive line. Yeah, okay. and And uh, it contributed to the victory by Cincinnati over the Tennessee Titans. I remember very vividly, to my chagrin, sitting in this seat on Thursday during the PFTPM Chris Sims Unbutton Joint Picks podcast saying, what the hell is wrong with Vegas? Why are the Titans only five-and-a-half-point favorites? They're going to go in there and beat the crap out of the Bengals. This is ridiculous. This is the lock of the week. And, of course, the Bengals win it straight up. Thanks to that 80% turnover in the offensive line, they got it together. Joe Burrow doing great things and the Titans defense not doing great things. But that offensive line to have that much of a change from one week to the next due to injury and, and new guys joining the team and just everything just kind of thrown together on the fly. They made it work and kudos to them and kudos to the Bengals. Yeah,
3: guys. no, I mean, uh, unbelievable, really. I mean, great job by the defense. Burrow was phenomenal. You know, third downs. Titans couldn't get off the field. Burrow just, you know, always made a play on third down to keep it alive. Made another big play on fourth down at one point, to where they gave him enough time to move around back behind the pocket on a fourth and four. He makes a big throw down the middle to to T. Higgins, who's becoming his go-to guy. So uh, yeah, that was cool to see. It really was. And I'm, I'm on the Joe Burrow bandwagon already. Just the way him. Hang on a second himself. before yeah. you.
2: Right. Before you go to your first pick, yeah. should they not trade AJ Green for whatever they can get for him? I, right I don't now? even Should they not dump him do, today? Uh, yes. I don't know. Why why not?
3: I, I mean, again, what so what are they going to do? Are they going to pay him like big time money next year? Are they going to pay him 18 and 20 million dollars a year? No. They, I mean, no. right. So, trade him. Call Green Bay, call some of these other teams that need receivers, whoever it is, but yes, I would. You know, between Boyd, Mixon, Burrow, T Higgins, that's a pretty damn good right there. I mean, that that is. And then you could add to that more with the assets you get in A.J. Green and free agency and whatever else it is. But to me, that would be the play all the way, Mike. I'm with you there all the way.
2: Um, it may be at the point where you have to pay some of his salary, maybe, frankly. I would think so. To get someone that, that, to take him. That,
3: do it. So what? They they need to do it. Build build the future. Let's be aggressive, Cincinnati. You got a quarterback that could win you a Super Bowl. All right. Rams. The McVay golf blunders will be my Sunday surprise. I don't know who to blame it on. I mean, either way, I didn't expect the I you know, I knew the Rams were going to go down there and struggle and have a tough time against Brian Flores in that defense. You know, again, that Super Bowl. Was that Super Bowl fifty three, Rams, Patriots? You know, yes. that that was you know, there there's a blueprint there as far as an understanding. That was Flores' last game as a D coordinator with the Patriots. Understanding that. But then just expose Goff and McVay with the pass protection stuff and I gotta think it's more Goff than McVay I do on those plays but truly you know to make those type of plays and make the Rams look the way they did and then the Dolphins and Tua not even have to play offense I mean just the way they won I think was even more surprising
2: and I gotta give them a lot of credit yeah that really was a stunner as it was unfolding it was like as you said Flores knew exactly what The rams were doing and how to beat it and the rams had no answer for it until it was way too late next one for me Uh, and 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 i say this because i hear you talk about this dynamic all the time yesterday i saw a video on twitter of a guy who looks a lot like you but was wearing glasses talking about this same dynamic the 49ers run game and how it's adjusted each and every week to meet the nuances of the opponent and it always works They had 52 yards rushing Yesterday, what in the hell? That was a stunner to me. I expected them, regardless of who's out there. Jerick McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Jamichael Hasty, hand it to Kyle Yousechek. Have whatever receiver happens to be on the field. Okay, Debo's out. Who comes? Brandon Ayuk. We'll give it to George Kittle. We'll give it to this guy. We we'll nothing. Fifty-two yards total rushing for the 49ers. and it wasn't like a blowout. and They abandoned the run. It was a close game through the first half. They just yeah. couldn't get it going. Chris, no, they that could was not. A, that was a, a big
3: surprise. Big surprise. Agreed. I, you know, I, I really. You know, even without Debo Samuel and, you know, they got the running back injuries, you just thought the way the 49ers' offense have been rolling the last few weeks and the way Seattle's defense has been played. I, I thought, too, I thought, you know, yeah, Seattle might win. It might be 37 34, the way the game was going, whatever. But 49ers moved the ball early, had some opportunities. They kind of blew it on their first few drives of the game to kind of at least get the momentum on their side. And then that was it. But good signs for Seattle. I mean, to be able to do that, you know, and now you're gonna have Dun Carlos Dunlap added to the, the the fray and Jamal Adams back. And then they got, you know, their rookie first round linebacker back in the fold, Brooks from Texas Tech, to where maybe they can make some improvements on the defensive side of the ball and just become respectable because I think that's all they gotta do. Um I don't even know why for my next pick I'm but I mean, the Chargers. I being always
2: love it when I always love it when you preface it. With I, that. I don't know why I'm
3: picking. I don't know why I'm surprised, but I still think I'm surprised about the Chargers being the Chargers. I mean, the, the Chargers just outcharging themselves once again, twenty-four to three against Drew Locke and the startup Broncos offense and a less than healthy Phillip Lindsay, and you got Bosa and Tillery and Ingram. And all these other good defensive players to talk about, and you let them come back and win that football game, I mean, to me, that was just, I don't even know where to begin. I really don't. Now, Justin Herbert, I understand he made some mistakes, but okay, he's a rookie. He made a whole lot of damn good plays, too, where they're not winning if he's not making those plays. But, you know, just the Chargers defense, to let up some of the big plays they let up in the second half, the big run to Phillip Lindsay, the two-play, 75-yard touchdown drive where he threw to Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, just the way it went down, um, just still shocking. And even though we've seen the Chargers do this uh, a lot over the last three years.
2: Well, and we've seen it three times this year. Leads of 17 or more points gone. They've lost all of those games. That They are in Falcons territory. They, they just are. need to do it in a Super Bowl now to clinch it. All right, last one for me. This one comes from the Raiders-Browns game. We haven't given the Raiders a whole lot of love. Josh Jacobs had 138 rushing yards he was the he was the difference he was the guy who you know take me out to the cold and let me play some old school football right there was one play where where he had a, a tackler coming at him and he just he just popped him I mean that don't don't come near me and if you do you're gonna pay for it so Josh Jacobs was a pleasant surprise and let me tell you what we're talking about the Raiders real quickly we haven't mentioned this and we need to Trent Brown yesterday this Story about the IV where they got air in his bloodstream, which can be fatal. It's a serious health condition. It creates an air embolism potential. They had to take him to the hospital. Derek Carr was freaked out about it after the game. He said, we didn't know what was going on. John Gruden downplayed it. The NFLPA is already investigating, but we send our best to Trent Brown. That was a a bad kind of a surprise yesterday. Second time this year we've had a needle mishap, and uh, we just hope Trent Brown is fine they kept him overnight and hopefully he'll be able to return to Las Vegas today Chris.
3: Yeah, hopefully that that he will but yeah, it makes it even more that much more impressive is what what the Raiders did, did yesterday running the football that way. I mean, cuz Trent Brown is he's he's an um, he's a bulldozer in the run game. So, uh to not have him and still do that, that's very impressive. I I I think the last thing I got to go to here is really I, I don't even know where I want to say lack of game. Why do I want to give Dalvin cook praise here? Or do I want to crap on the Packers for lack of being able to battle up Dalvin cook? What's more surprising to you? You know, I, I guess, I guess I'm going to give this Dalvin cook either way is the surprise the four of four touchdowns. Yeah. The I mean, four touchdowns years since the Vikings
2: had four touchdowns, right? I mean, just guy.
3: everything he did, the way he made the Packers look, you know, run game, pass game was phenomenal. And I just, I guess I'm surprised that, yeah, he was hurt with a groin injury and he came back and he was totally tip top hundred percent and the best player on most explosive player on the field and really made the Packers look silly a, a number of times. So that was a shocker to me. I mean, the fact that he just ran roughshod all over the Packers defense. Yes, I did. You've it. learned it first roughshod. time ever on the se- no on the same day that fine. you
2: once again said tote the line you at least say you you have proven you can be taught all right uh let's take a break when we return we'll get you ready for monday night football buccaneers giants and just six days away from antonio brown's debut with tampa bay we'll have more pft live for you right after this avery williamson needs a ride to pittsburgh that is awesome and there's no way that's not photoshopped. We were studying it during the break. We can't find the flaw in that. He was traded last night from the 0-8 Jets to the 7-0 Steelers. That is a good trade for the player. He also reworked his contract in the offseason. He's a free agent after this year, but he gets to jump on that Steelers train and ride. So, congratulations to him for getting out of uh, the worst situation currently in the NFL. All right, the Giants aren't in much better condition than the Jets there at one and six, likely to go to one and seven tonight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris, is there is there any way that that you give them a chance to pull this one off? Extra day to the Thursday to Monday, extra little mini break. Does that help? I I don't think so. I just, you know, they're they're
3: outclassed in this one. To me it it would take, you know, Tampa Bay making some monumental mistakes to where turn the ball over a few times, backed up in their own area, and, and Daniel Jones and company make a play or two that we just go, whoa, how did they pull that off? I mean, I don't. That, that's the only way I see it. Again, I think Tampa is arguably the best team in the NFC. The Giants, there's just not enough weaponry there or anything about them for me to grasp anything to go, oh, I could see this part of the
2: matchup giving the Bucks a problem. I don't see that. Is there anything Joe Judge brings to the table from his time in New England that can help him against Tom Brady? Well, I, I you know, I, I
3: don't know. The other guy, too, that's involved in this is Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator who's also been in New England. So, like, there is a New England part of the Tampa offense now. Anybody watch the game tonight? When they get in the shotgun and Brady's that way, that's when it becomes New England time, and they really run more of Brady's New England stuff than they do – Arians and his history of stuff there um so where maybe they have a little tell there but the offense is so diverse right now Mike it's hard to really get a tell on anything they do I mean they can smash it down your face running the football they can throw screens he can throw bombs you know they can do it all so uh I I really just I I expect an, a comfortable win from the Buccaneers tonight
2: And they get Antonio Brown, and he continues to move the needle like no one else currently in the NFL. Little dribs and drabs come out every day, it seems like. They're going to use a lot of three and four receiver sets for him to get him on the field. They haven't ruled out using him in the return game. He's a very accomplished kickoff and punt returner, specifically punt returner. They're impressed with the kind of shape he's in. And Jay Glazer reported yesterday that Brown has been living with Tom Brady, and I really do wonder – how long this has been going on. Remember last week, very simple question for Tom Brady. Have you worked out with or thrown to Antonio Brown in the offseason and Brady evaded? Well, me? I've been working with work. lots of guys
3: on my, my team, team. and yeah. we put lots of but, work in as hey, a team. <laughs> but,
2: I, I think that there's a lot more there that we don't know and they don't want us to yeah, know. And good. I think Brown yeah. and the Bucks have known for a while this is going to happen, Chris. And I think Brown, I think he is going to Sunday night, and it's even more reason to tune in. I think he is going to return to the NFL in a big, big way in his first game with the Bucs.
3: Oh, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked either. I think Brady Arians will want to make a, a statement that way. Hey, the other cool thing is Brees and Brady got this duel for most touchdown passes all time going on right now that I think is kind of cool and personal.
2: All right, that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great one. See ya.